Well, welcome to Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending June 27th, 2014. The estate tax was back in the news again this past week as proposed legislation would repeal estate taxes called the Debt Tax Repeal Act. It has 218 co-sponsors. And American Farm Bureau Dale Moore says having a majority of U.S. House members on board as co-sponsors is actually a key goal of farm interest. One of the things that is, that is a key point in this is that there are 218 co-sponsors. You know, that's over half of the House of Representatives. If this bill were on the floor and one presumes that just the co-sponsors of the bill vote for it, would presume that it would pass the House. But even while a majority of the U.S. House members are on board, there are still challenges. The only thing that I can point to is that there have certainly over the past decade times when the Senate has been uh, in a Republican majority. And while we have made progress, uh, it has still been a challenge around up the necessary votes to support an, an outright repeal of state taxes. Moore said AFBF feels permanent repeal is the best solution. Of course, the story concerning the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers proposed waters of the U.S. rule continues to make news as certain members of Congress have become involved. With more on that, here's Tyron Spearman. Two senators from Georgia, Isaacson and Chambliss, have joined 28 other senators in introducing legislation in Washington to stop the Environmental Protection Agency from regulating nearly all private and state water in the United States. It's called the Protecting Water and Property Rights Act of 2014, which prevents the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers from finalizing their March the 2014 proposed rule, which would significantly expand the federal authority under the Clean Water Act. Johnny Isaacson, the senator from Georgia, said the EPA wants to regulate not just navigable water, but every water. This is yet another overstep by the administration that will harm not only landowners, but our entire agricultural industry in Georgia. Saxby Chambliss, who's retiring from the Senate Ag Committee in Georgia, said bureaucratic decision-making has no place in Georgia farm country. He said landowners, both in Alabama, Florida, and Georgia, have dealt with overreaching federal regulations for too long, and this latest move by the administration claiming they're helping farmers and landowners is outrageous. The American Farm Bureau Federation endorsed the act that they have introduced, and the Georgia Farm Bureau initiated a ditch-the-rule campaign urging all landowners, not just farmers, to submit comments in opposition to the proposed rule. They say you can submit comments on the Internet at www.gfb.org slash ditch the rule. He said the EPA proposal raises serious questions. As a constitutional matter, he said the agencies are asserting an authority not granted them by Congress. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Thanks, Tyron. Also taking place this week was the 2014 National Ag in the Classroom Conference in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And that's where Lisa Gascala, Executive Director of Florida Ag in the Classroom, took over as National President. I step in behind George Mayo from Maryland as the president for the upcoming year, and we will be hosting the National Agriculture in the Classroom Conference in Louisville, Kentucky in June of 2015. She said the National Agriculture in the Classroom Conference is a week-long event held every year. We move it around the country, but it's always the middle to end of June after school is out because we invite teachers from all over around the country to this professional development opportunity where they basically learn how to incorporate agricultural concepts into their math, science, social studies, and language arts lessons. So they can use some real-life agriculture concepts to teach those lessons that students have to learn anyway. 
Lisa said she's excited to serve as president and that next year's conference will be held here in the southern region. Again, it will be in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, the recent June cattle on feed report also came out showing the number of cattle and calves on feed for the slaughter market in the U.S. at 10.6 million head on June 1. That was 2% below June 1 of last year. Placements in feedlots in May was at 1.91 million head, down 7% from last year, while marketing's effect cattle during May at 1.87 million head was down 4% from last year. And, of course, USDA's acreage report comes out this Monday. As Gary Crawford has more about that. We know what farmers back in March said they intended to plant, but on Monday, the 30th of June, we're going to have a pretty good idea of what they actually ended up planting. Mark Harris with the Agriculture Department Statistics Service says the upcoming USDA acreage report will be based on extensive surveys of farmers which have just wrapped up. We've contacted about 69,500 farmers on what we call our list sampling frame, our list of farmers. In addition to that, we've gone to about 11,000 areas of land or we call them area segments, to identify the farmers there. Those 11,000 segments will have approximately 35,000 farmers into that. So it's a scientifically selected sample of a total of just under 105,000 farmers. That covers a multitude of crops across the United States. Corn, soybeans, cotton, wheat, all the major crops that we have. Of course, Harris says good planted acreage numbers will make it easier for analysts to come up with more accurate production forecasts for those crops. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. That report will be released at 12 noon Eastern Time on Monday, June 30th. Don't forget, you can find these stories along with more of our reports from this past week on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Randall Wiseman for Southeast Agnet.